Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio version of my show, Rebel Roundup, where we cover the hottest Rebel stories of the week. If you like the podcast, then you should become a premium content subscriber. That gets you access to the video version of my show, as well as shows from Ezra Levent and Sheila Gunn-Reed. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, and as a special bonus for you, we're offering a 10% discount if you use the coupon code PODCAST. Just go to therebel.media slash shows to become a member. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the show. You're listening to a Rebel Media Podcast. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, a BC father is trying to prevent his 14-year-old daughter from taking hormones to transition from female to male. The courts have ruled against this father again and again. Where does this case stand now? We'll ask Kian Bexty. Then I go to Vancouver to find out what people think of the Jessica slash Jonathan Yaniv saga. And finally, letters. We get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses regarding my report from the BC Human Rights Commission. You know, the ones who are enabling and abetting that very same Jessica slash Jonathan Yaniv. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. Keen Bexley here in Vancouver, British Columbia, outside of the province's Supreme Court, where we were in court today to hear a ruling on an application to stay a previous ruling from the courts whereby the daughter of a father was mandated to receive hormone injections. Gonadotropin-releasing hormones would change her body structure, uh, not just changes in genitalia, but broadening of the shoulders, slimming of the waist, uh, cessation of periods, and perhaps permanently an end to her fertility. Now there's a long saga in this case, a saga that involves parental rights and free speech, not just of the father who has been silenced, not allowed to intervene with his daughter, not allowed to refer to his daughter to his daughter as a her or, or she uh, in fear of being labeled a violent parent by the court uh, and perhaps even arrested. But even his lawyers, who conducted an interview with me many months ago, where the lawyer referred to the daughter accidentally as a she, which caused the court to absolutely explode in anger. The justice sent many emails to the lawyer, making him reach out to the rebel, requesting that we take down our videos, implying this insidious idea that all Canadians were restricted from mentioning the daughter in terms of she and her absolutely unheard of and unprecedented in Canada. Today, the news is that a stay will not be granted in favor of the father. The father hoped that a a third judge would actually stop these hormone injections. Uh, Unfortunately for the father, that, that seems to not be the case. It's a heartbreaking story. A father in British Columbia is trying everything in his power to prevent his underage daughter from making a life altering decision namely transitioning from female to male. Kian Bexty has been following this story. Kian, welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Thanks for having me, David. You got it. Now, Kian, what did you learn this week when you flew out to BC 
to cover the latest court session? Uh, well, I, I learned a few things. I'll break them down here. So there was basically uh, the father was hoping for a stay in a previous ruling. So we kind of expected that this would happen. Justices seem to like to stick together, especially in this British Columbia court. Uh, it seems like judges are being appointed who they already know will have an opinion uh, in favor of the child, uh, the perhaps not the child, they are appointing judges to these cases who will have sympathetic opinions towards the plight of transgender individuals. Uh, and, and it benefits directly those who are behind the child. So the social workers, the doctors, the teachers, um, everyone who's trying to convince this child who the father alleges has serious mental health issues that were pre-existing that have caused his child to be easily manipulated by these people who are very eager to help someone along the path of, of uh, transgender uh, surgery. Uh, right now, it's just, of course, the hormone injections because it's a 14-year-old. Um, right now, the 14-year-old is getting hormone injections. And this court case today, or not today, rather, earlier this week, was an attempt of the father to stay a ruling that had previously said the child was allowed to have these hormone injections. He thought that it wasn't appropriate at that time for a multitude of reasons. Uh, and that, at the end of the day, that injunction was denied by the judge who stuck with his peer on the bench saying that it would cause more harm than good. Uh, and justice would not be served if he interrupted the previous ruling of his peer. Now, now Ken, you've touched upon several bases and many good points there, and I'm going to try to um, address them one by one just to drill down to the, uh, the core of the matter. Yeah. But I think at issue, and you kept referring to this individual as a child, and it is a child. This girl is 14 years old, and we have all kinds of laws that limit the rights of minors, whether it's driving, buying fireworks, adult magazines, lottery tickets, alcohol, the list goes on and on. And yet here we are taking a child and allowing this child to make a profound, life-altering, irreversible decision. And it doesn't seem that there, there's any problem with that. I, I mean, what happened to the idea, uh, Kian, that once you reach the age of consent, yeah, you have all these freedoms available to you, but when it comes to switching your gender, um, suddenly we have to accelerate this as quickly as possible. I don't get it, Kian. I don't get it either. And, and just for the viewers, I'll break down exactly what is happening with these uh, gonadotropin releasing hormone injections. That's what it's called. Uh, so what's happening to this daughter is her shoulders are broadening. Her waist is slimming. Uh, she is, and to, I'm sorry, this is getting a little crass, but her, her, her periods will be stopping. She'll become infertile, uh, infertile within a few weeks, we think. That's what the injunction was for. It was after about five months on this gonadotropin-releasing hormone injections uh, regimen. You become infertile after about five months. The father wanted to put a stop to it before that happened, and it looks like the daughter has uh, now become infertile. That, that would be uh, what a doctor would probably say at this point, given how long it's lasted. And on top of that, it causes serious 
uh, changes to genitalia, which is obviously not ideal if in the event later in life this child wants to revert back to their biological gender, which seems to be the case with uh, many, many people who transition this early become either suicidal or want to revert back. Uh, there is a very large amount of people who want to go back after they, they go through this transition, which is why it's so important. By people like Blair White, uh, a, uh, a male to female transgender individual in LA who's a conservative Republican, Make America Great Again uh, supporter, uh, she is a huge proponent of telling kids to wait until they're 18, until they can make a decision about their body and their future uh, in, in that, that is very important to their life going forward, very important to the idea of whether or not they want to have children. Um, you know, we don't let 14-year-olds vote. It's a very important decision. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a powerful decision that they're making when they go into the ballot box. But for some reason, they're allowed to permanently maim themselves, perhaps, when in retrospect, when they're 25, 30 years old, they, they wish that it had never happened. Yeah, and, you know, that's a very good point, um, Kian. Uh, lest anyone start labeling as, as transphobes for questioning this decision, you mentioned a very prominent individual of the trans community that's saying this is a mistake. And also, Kian, um, it, it's um, not very fashionable amongst the, uh, certain chattering classes out there, but there have been studies linking those who afflicted with autism and on Asperger's syndrome uh, going towards a trans agenda. Yep. So you had mentioned earlier that there are, um, I, I believe uh, the, the father has uh, brought up the prospect that uh, his daughter is suffering from mental illness. Why isn't this taken into consideration that this person might indeed, in addition to being a child still, um, not in her right frame of mind? Yeah, I think that it seems to be the case here that it looks like social workers are taking advantage of a young child who can't make decisions on her own, obviously, because anyone at the age of 14 has no idea really what they're doing to their body. But on top of that, uh, the added mental health issues that the father hasn't elaborated on, uh, there's a lot of publication bans around this case, so I'm, I'm going to step carefully here. Um, but it looks like these social workers are taking advantage of someone who, A, has no idea what they're doing, and B, has this added mental health layer to it that makes it look like the social workers are just trying to find someone who they can get their hands on so that they can scratch the itch on their back that, uh, you know, this progressive itch where they want to, um, they want to, they want to make the world as progressive as possible. And if that means transitioning a 14 year old before they're ready, before it's safe to do so, because of course with gonadotropin uh, releasing hormone injections, it has, we have, very few studies on what it does to executive brain function later in life. This could be hurting her ability to do basic reasoning by the age she's 40. We have no idea. Wow. But in this environment, it seems like these social workers are in a mindset of shoot first and ask questions later, even if it ruins these children's lives. You know, that, that's a good point too, uh, Kian. I think, I agree with you. I think with the social workers, they're cut from a, um, the same cloth for the most part. And this is very fashionable, trans rights. So there's a, an agenda at play. And in which case, this girl is a pawn to further that agenda. You mentioned that the judges all seem to be sympathetic uh, to the arguments by these social workers. So, in, you know, as they say in Vegas, the fix is in. But 
I want to touch upon a second part of this story that has nothing to do with the transitioning, really, but it's about the freedom of speech uh, issue. This father um, has been basically told he can't talk about this. He can't use yeah. the so-called wrong pronouns. Uh, uh, I've even been told he's not allowed to speak about this privately, let alone publicly. And even us here at The Rebel, as you mentioned in your report, Kian, um, there have been people that have wanted these videos to come down because of, oh, I don't know, misgendering, using uh, she instead of he for this child. Uh, Kian, this is egregious to the max. It is egregious, and it's hard to tell which rights are, you know, more at issue in this case. Is it parental rights where, you know, we... I took it for granted, at least in my upbringing, that my parents were the decision makers and I could rely on them to uh, act in my best interest. It seems like the father's trying to do that here. I can't say that same for the mother. But on top of this parental rights issue, there's the freedom of speech issue. The fact that a father is not allowed to uh, you know, persuade his, his daughter away from these treatments uh, at risk of being uh, arrested by the police for family violence. You know, this is this SJW term, violence. Anything can be violence if it hurts your feelings. No, there's a very specific definition of violence, you know, assault, right? They're saying that it is akin to assault for the father to try and counsel his daughter. And on top of that, uh, it extends not just to the father, but to his legal counsel. And then from there, from his legal counsel, who I've interviewed, it extends to me. The judge tried, clawed at the rebel tooth and nail to try and force us to pull down a video where the lawyer accidentally referred to the child using the wrong pronouns. Uh, the judge, uh, Justice Mazzari, who has an activist history, who I'm uh, working on a video right now, actually, that will probably be published later next week. Uh, Mazzari is an activist, someone who has a long history uh, with feminism, transgender uh, rights. I, I don't want to call it transgender rights. It's a transgender activism um, and a, this sort of social manipulation that she, she's a part of. And somehow she's a justice on this case. It goes back to what I was saying about how uh, the, the court is putting justice, stacking, stacking the bench really with justices who will be sympathetic. Um, you're going to have to remind me what we were talking about. It's not a tangent. <laughs> no, no, I, I think, no problem, Keen. I think we have to wrap. And I, I really want to, I'm looking forward to hearing, uh, or, or rather viewing uh, the video uh, that you're talking about from next week, looking at the background of this judge. But um, I guess uh, in wrapping this up, it, I think this is a personal tragedy. I think this individual might be making a mistake that's irreversible. Uh, the father must be going through all kinds of grief and stress, as a loving father would be. And I say, shame on the system. We have a little girl in BC, basically, that, think about it, Kian, if she wanted to drive a car, you're not allowed. If she wanted to buy a lottery ticket at a, a convenience store, sorry. But if you want to change your gender, oh, we'll go to bat for you. And if anyone has a problem with that, we're going to shut you up and, if need be, shut you down. Kian, it's a disgrace. And, uh, it is. Uh, I, it, I, it, I, it, go, go ahead. It, it, it is. I, and I'll finish off with saying uh, you can't get your ears pierced you can't get a tattoo like you're saying yeah. and this isn't just a tattoo or an ear piercing it is permanently changing your health outlook for the rest of your life it is it drastically increases your rate of suicide uh, and and it's just bad all around and I just feel so deeply for this father who was very uh, taken aback 
during this court ruling. I was the only reporter in the courtroom that day, and the father was on the verge of tears. Uh, I just, I, my heart goes out to him, uh, and, and I sincerely hope that this appeal that will be coming uh, September 4th and 5th, I think, are, are the next days that we will be in court, uh, and I'll be there, of course, live tweeting as I'm able, if the justice will allow me. Uh, they'll be trying to appeal it, although, unfortunately, it might be too little too late for the daughter, who now might be infertile. I tend to agree, Kian. Uh, look forward to that report, although I got to tell you, given the track record of this case, I am not at all optimistic. Kian, thank you so much, and uh, as I said, look forward to your next report uh, in September. Thanks for having me, David. You got it. And that was Kian Bexty in Ottawa. Folks, keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Well, there she is, Miss America. No, folks, it's not Miss America. It's Jonathan, a.k.a. Jessica Yaniv. And I'm sure most of you know this is the individual who has more than a dozen complaints in front of the B.C. Human Rights Tribunal. And the nature of those complaints, well, he wants real women to wax his genitalia, which is still male. And... Uh, we don't think that's right, but we want to ask the people of Vancouver what they have to say about that, especially since on a weekly basis, it would seem, yet another story emerges about this individual sexually harassing someone or speaking in a sexually inappropriate way with minors. So is this someone's rights being trumped by estheticians that are prejudiced to the trans community, or is this a con man and perhaps a sex offender trying to game the system. Uh, sir, we're, our question of the day is, you might be familiar with Jonathan, a.k.a. Jessica Yaniv. No. Oh, this is a man, he's pretending to be a female. Okay. And he's gone to several uh, estheticians to get a waxing job. He still has the male genitalia. They've refused them because they're not comfortable. They don't know how to do it. So he has more than a dozen complaints in front of the BC Human Rights Tribunal. And we're just trying to get uh, people of Vancouver to weigh in on this. Weigh in on it? Like uh, my opinion on the matter? Indeed. Well, if he identifies as a woman, I support that. Okay. But I also think it would be an esthetician's right to not want to wax male genitalia if they're, you know, specialized in being a female esthetician for, you know, um, biological women. But if he identifies as a woman, that's fine. I'm like, there are plenty of places that would probably do those services for whatever pronoun they choose to go by. Um, yeah, I mean, we're in Vancouver, right? Yeah. There's like a, a huge LGBTQ population, right? right? And I know tons of gay dudes that like to go and get waxed. Yes. I'm sure they'd be happy to do that for, for this person, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I feel like who cares? Like, like if he wants to get his stuff whacked, he should be able to. Like the lip, liberals have given rights to every idea of what you think you are as a human. Indeed. And it's made it weird. And it's, you don't know the line anymore. And, and in this case... I'm trying to push it right now. And it's competing rights. I mean, say your mother or your sister was an esthetician, and they weren't comfortable for whatever reason uh, with waxing somebody like this. Shouldn't they have the right to decline that business? Sure. Yeah, I, as you as a business owner, as you're, as you're running a business... You have the right to, it's offensive in a way, but it's, 
totally against the norm, but we're allowing somebody to be almost push those boundaries and then say this is wrong, but it's it's disturbing. It's I understand if it's comfortable to you, then you got to recognize that it's uncomfortable for most people. I think he's up the wrong alley there because they advertise all the time. They'll take uh, hair off the man's back and um, do. Uh, I don't know if they call it bikini for men or not, but <laughs> but they'll do it. So I I don't know why it seems seems to be stuck there in a rut of pursuing these poor people, and I don't think that's fair. If if they don't feel comfortable, they should have the the right to refuse. Like people are fighting for LGBTQ rights, transgender rights, and this is like hurting that cause. If that's the case, like I don't want to like you know make assumptions based on like because I only know about what I've heard from you on this case. That being said, like, you know, I'm going to fully support transgender indiv individuals um, identifying as whatever they identify as. But this sounds like it's a different issue altogether, really. Well, there you have it, folks. The people of Vancouver have spoken. I would say that the majority are not impressed with Jonathan Yaniv. Many of them, even those friendly to the trans community, think that this individual is scamming the system. So now it's up to the BC Human Rights Tribunal to do what they should have done a long time ago, and that is throw these ridiculous complaints in the trash can. Oh my goodness, he's running now. He's running. No. Where's the mobility scooter? You're not going to go close to us. Look. I'm not. Hey, hey. You're not going to go hey. close. Don't you, you touch me. Don't you touch me. You're not going to go close to us. Get out. Get away. Don't you. Get away. You better not. You better Get not. Away. No. You make you contact. Go. You're going to go to jail. You are going to huh? jail. Go away. I know. You're hey. Don't, don't touch to, me. You're going to jail. Jonathan, why do you take, why do you send sexually explicit messages to young girls? Go away. You're going to jail. Go away. My iPad. Why don't you? Huh? Go away. Go away. Go away. You just smashed your cane over my head. Go away. You go away. I did not. Well, that certainly wasn't ladylike behavior on the behalf of Jonathan, a.k.a. Jessica Yaniv the supposedly disabled man pretending to be female who has taken more than a dozen real women to the BC Human Rights Tribunal demanding that they wax his genitals. Yes, this nut thinks that this is a human right in 2019. And even worse, the kangaroo court that is the BC Human Rights Tribunal thinks this case is indeed in the public interest. Yeah, they actually said that. In any event, here's what you had to say about Jonathan and Mama Yaniv and their ongoing quest to game the system. And wow, you guys really outdid yourself with some wickedly witty comments this time around. Coltimus Prime writes, I thought they banned trans fats in Vancouver. Well, beauty, but seriously, folks, one of Yaniv's other ongoing complaints is that a New York fries outlet refused to serve him because he is allegedly transgender. Can you believe it? In another video, my colleague Jessica S. and yours truly proved that this too was a lie, that there is no 
anti-trans policy at New York Fries, other than the cooking oil, that is. He just can't stop lying. Ellis Carlson writes, for someone who is disabled and needs a mobility scooter and a cane in order to walk around, they seem to have zero problems walking around without using a cane and lifting it up above their head to hit someone with it. Indeed, Ellis and I have the bruises to prove it, but get this, when police arrived on the scene, it was Jonathan who claimed to be the victim of the attack. As I said, he's a compulsive liar and thankfully, we have the video evidence in our corner. A why not slow chin writes, how is this guy not in prison yet? Indeed, but stay tuned regarding this file, folks. There might be a development here in the days ahead, but gee, if he does not go to the Crowbar Motel, uh, rather, if he does go to the Crowbar Motel, which one is it? Jail for men or jail for women? And what do you want to bet, folks, that his wishes, as usual, shall be accommodated? Rainbow Lollipop writes, As someone who spent two years in a wheelchair after I broke my back from an accident that left me unable to walk, this man abusing public disability services just enrages me. His only disability is his brain. Well, first of all, Rainbow, I'm really sorry to hear about your ordeal. But that is indeed the thing with this flim-flam man, Jonathan Yaniv. As he games the system, others that legitimately need help end up on the back burner. And you know, the real villain here is the likes of the BC Human Rights Tribunal. All of Yaniv's complaints should have been tossed in the trash can. Instead, this bureaucracy is treating his idiotic claims seriously. And in the meantime, some of the real women he's gone after are out of business now. Where the hell is the justice? Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.